This is the Money Savvy Podcast from MoneyWeb, where we tackle personal finance matters with leading financial advisors. Your host, Peter Mero and Soko. Welcome to the Money Savvy Podcast. I'm Peter Mero and Soko. Buying a car can be a very exciting experience. I remember just before I bought mine, I would Google all the specs and watch video reviews of the car and even read forums by car owners just to see if I was making the right choice. But an important aspect of buying a car is financing it. And a lot of people, especially first-time buyers, often fail to research the financing options that are available, the advantages and pitfalls. This can see them trapped in unfavorable payment contracts. So joining us to shed light on car financing is Gareth Collier, who is a certified financial planner at Kroonvest. Gareth, before we get into the nitty-gritty of financing, I think first let's start with how can you calculate your affordability for a car? To me, when it comes to affordability, there's no necessarily hard and fast rule. What we found is that a general rule of thumb is that you should look at your your net income, do a bit of budgeting, and from there, from your net income, try not to spend more than about 10 to 15% on a car. And remember that that should include all of the additional costs that go with running the car as well, not just the car repayments. And what are some of those additional costs that you need to consider? So a lot of the time, like you rightly said, we get a little bit excited when we want to buy this new car. And what we focus on is what it's going to cost us in repayments every month. But we forget to maybe be, do a bit of homework and find out what it's actually going to, to cost to insure that car every month. You know, what is it going to cost to run that car? You know, what sort of, you know, what sort of mileage are you going to get out of each tank of petrol? You know, what's that going to cost you? Um, how quickly are you going to get through tires? You know, what do those tires cost for your car? You know, things like tire rotation once a year as well. You know, that's good car maintenance to help you kind of extend the longevity of that vehicle. Depending on how you're buying your car, if it's a new one or a newer car, it might come with some sort of a maintenance or service plan. But if it's if it's beyond all of those, try and get an idea of what those servicing costs are going to be before you actually maybe commit to that purchase. And then what financing options are available to car buyers? So there's usually sort of three primary ones you can look at. Most dealerships right now either have their own or they're partnered with with finance houses to be able to to offer financing on the, on the vehicle. Um, you could always approach the the banks. Most banks have got a vehicle finance arm directly to maybe get pre pre approval before you even go to the dealerships or, or to purchase. And then the last option is if you are in a position to, you know, perhaps uh, speak to family, maybe take a personal loan, or maybe even if you borrow the money from yourself, if you've got availability within the likes of your your home loan, is always a good option to, to try and look at. And then with car loans, there's often the option of a balloon payment. How does that work? So a balloon payment is, is something, if you think about it, what you're actually doing is you, you're splitting your financing of the vehicle into two parts. One part is what's going to determine your month-to-month payment. So let's say you purchase a vehicle over 60 months, you take a balloon payment. What they're doing is they're taking a portion of that purchase and they're deferring it to the very last uh, month, so month number 60. So what happens is they, they rework your financing out on 59 months. So that brings down your, your monthly repayment, but often leaves you with quite a large what they call a balloon payment in that final month, which which can be quite a quite a healthy portion of that of that upfront financing. And then, is it ever a good idea to take this option? 
Look, yeah, I think that's a very subjective question because you've also got to look at, you know, cash flow in terms of, you know, if you're purchasing a vehicle because you have maybe family needs that you need a, a bigger vehicle, maybe you need a safer vehicle, um, a balloon payment can be very useful in that it might help with your affordability today, you know, bringing down that monthly repayment. And it gives you sort of, you know, five or so years to possibly be aware of the fact that you've got this balloon payment coming in the future and you make sure that you put some money aside for it. You know, on the other hand, if you are maybe trying to purchase a vehicle that's probably outside of your price range, it can be a little bit of a temptation to use a balloon payment just to be able to justify buying that slightly more expensive or, you know, fancier car. And then if you do take the balloon option, what's the recommended percentage So again, I think you've got to be very aware of what your circumstances are and what your needs are. Um, So like I said in the previous point, um, you know, if it's something that's that's really servicing a a genuine need for your your family or your household, um, it could even be a business opportunity as well if you're using the car for for transport. If you've got that vehicle, what opportunities does it open up and how desperate are you for that vehicle? You know, the other part is that it's going to, a lot's going to depend on if you are financing a car, um, your affordability, you know, from your credit status, et cetera, et cetera, your uh, financing houses are going to look at you and depending on your credit status, that may also dictate what percentage of a balloon payment they're actually willing to offer you as well. And then what's the ideal loan repayment term and why? Look, remember, when you're buying a car, you you are buying a depreciating asset. So you're buying something which is going to be worth less tomorrow than it was today when you bought it. So, you know, if you think about it, you're paying interest on that as well. So the longer you pay interest for, the more money you're going to be spending on something that's becoming less and less valuable. So ideally, you you would like to pay it off as, as quickly as possible. But again, within reason, you know, don't get too hung up on trying to pay it off and getting obsessed with saving interest, if you take a step back and you say, but hang on, those extra payments I want to put in, what else could I be doing with those? You know, particularly if it's in a business circumstance or whatever the case may be, and really assess whether the saving on that interest versus the other opportunities is is worth it. Dealerships always advertise dealerships. How do these work? So think of a deal assist almost like a discount, you know, an upfront discount. It's generally a good marketing tool. You know, it's a way of, of, of getting people's attention and interest in, in using that particular dealership if they can afford to do it. And often what dealerships will do is, again, they'll assess maybe the vehicle that you're bringing in for a trade-in, or they might be looking at your credit score as well. And they'll say, look, here, yeah, we're willing to offer you up to maybe 30,000 Rand as a deal assist. Now, from there, they'll say to you, look, how would you like to use this? Maybe we can add it to the to the deposit, you know, or, or maybe even create a deposit on a vehicle if you don't have one. You could also use it, you know, for any costs. You know, maybe there's always these little things called on-the-road costs that we forget about, which is like the licensing of the vehicle and the number plates and those sort of things. You know, depending on what that costs, maybe you use a little bit of that deal assist money for that. You know, and then the other one that they like to offer is what they call a deferred payment. So maybe you you pick up the vehicle in, say, August, but you only start paying for it in the new year in January. So you use that deal assist to finance those first uh, couple of months. And just on the, the deferred payments where you can get, let's say, a car today and only start paying in six months' time, is it ever a good idea to take this option? And are you being charged interest during this time or are you paying interest during this time as well? Yeah, so so regardless of whether there's a deal assist or not, if somebody's offering you a, a deferred payment, what they're basically doing, let's work on that 60-month example 
from earlier, if you are going to buy something over 60 months, but you only start paying in month, let's say four, those very first three months, you haven't actually physically paid anything, but you are effectively still paying interest. Because remember, that's a, a financing agreement starts when, when that paperwork is signed and when it's put in place and it's you know due with interest 60 months later. So what you might find is, yes, you don't make any physical payments for the first three months, but what's actually happening is your vehicle is then being financed over the course of, say, 57 months rather than 60 months. Sometimes the repayments are that much, that little bit higher, that it's, it's a little bit negligible, or you don't notice it, but you're definitely still paying the full interest as if you were paying it over 60 months. Is there any advice you would like to share with car buyers? Look, I think when we buy cars, there is always the emotional aspect. There's the excitement. Let's not take away the fact that it can be a status symbol. So when buying cars, I think probably the best viewpoint to take on it is understand you know, why you're buying a car and why you're buying the, the particular car that you are. You know, often when we walk into dealerships, we might have a clear idea of what we want, but we might get swayed by, say, special offers or, you know, possibly the, um, the car salesperson is maybe a little bit pushy or insistent. So I often say to people, don't ever feel intimidated to, to ask questions, okay? Because at the end of the day, these financing agreements you know, there's not sort of only one or two ways of doing it. There's a there's a myriad of different ways that these things can be put in place. And if you're finding that you're having lots of documentation put in front of you that you don't understand, always say never be afraid to ask questions about it and, and try not to sign things that you don't necessarily understand. And then also don't ever feel afraid to, to kind of say, I need to sleep on it or I need to take the weekend or whatever the case is. Because what you want to do is once you sign that paperwork, you know, you're effectively locked in. So what you want to try and give yourself is the best opportunity to make a decision where you're not going to have any regret. Thank you, Gareth. That was Gareth Collier, who is a certified financial planner at Greenvest. Thanks for listening to the Money Savvy podcast hosted by Britamelo and Sorko. To listen to more MoneyWeb podcasts, go to moneyweb.co.za or the MoneyWeb app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates.